What's up, everybody? I know you're tuning in on this beautiful Mother's Day. Um, thank you for listening. We've got something real special today. I don't know if it's real special, but maybe it'll help you out. I think it'll help distinguish some things in your life path as a young adult. Or even if you're a little bit older listening to this, it'll help you distinguish you know, what your personal brand is or what you have done to create your brand. Yeah, and uh, first and foremost, shout out to all those moms out there. Especially the ones that I like more than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, the whole personal brand segment, we kind of just, I was thinking about really late last night, not while I was sleeping. And I think it's a big topic that is brought up in today's society, at least amongst um, the younger generation about what's your personal brand. Interviewers ask it. Um random strangers could end up asking you it and it's kind of nice just to know what your personal brand is or what you stand for or what you're trying to be that way you can figure that out on your career path or just your life path in general yeah and i think personal brands are very important in the aspect that that is almost a moniker for you to identify with and i truly believe that your personal brand starts internally more than anything yeah, and I think the first thing I would say is, um, what is what is a personal brand, right? Like, there's there's a big difference between your personality and who you are and how you act. And a personal brand is kind of, I guess, in that same sense, who you are, but what you stand for, what you try to be. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and it's more. It's almost like a the salient. Almost, you can imagine it as, you know, when you hear the lines. Uh, can you smell what the the rock is cooking? You know exactly who I'm talking about. And so that's almost a personal brand. Now you wouldn't think of Dwayne uh, Johnson as it almost, it almost sounds not good or unnatural not to say the rock in between there. But you know, it's, it's something that people identify with and how you start with that is kind of, you know, engendering what you really want to stand for. Like Julian said, yeah, I think your example of The Rock is a great example for us to kind of start on, just give an overview, like how a personal brand develops and changes and, you know, what it has turned into today. So you look at someone like The Rock, who was, you know, a Division One football player who moonlit as a wrestler and that became his thing. And then he became, you know, can you smell what The Rock is cooking this big face for the um, WWF at the time. And you have to build around what you are as, you know, your job. He had to build this persona or this brand of what he stood for, what he was. Yeah, exactly. And it is exactly that. And I know that sounds really weird to say in a sentence, but it's what you want your personal brand to be. And sometimes it's not always what you truly are, especially if you were like, you know, in the Brock's perspective, you need to sell, you need to have a personality. So it's better to be bolder and bigger in cases like that, where, you know, in other people's personal brand, if you wanted to have a more humble and like, you know, nuanced personal brand to yourself, maybe it would be better to have more humility than, you know, having the people's elbow. <laughs> yeah. And so you look at his personal brand early on, it's about this, you know, he was almost a hero in the WWF for a little while, kicking ass, um, taking names, really kind of 
I wouldn't say arrogant, but loud. You knew when he was coming in, you knew what he was doing. He had this signature eyebrow raise. Um, you know, he had the longhorn tattoo um, and all this stuff. And then as that goes on, he decides he wants to grow his personal brand or diversify or do some market penetration and go into like a movie role, an acting role, right? And you see him kind of change from this really loud um, wrestler to this really kind of more serious action type actor. Yeah. And I think that changing your personal brand or having it evolve is very important. And uh, something that not a lot of people know is at the very beginning of The Rock's WWE or wrestling career, he was very underwhelming as far as his personality and how people like, uh, I don't know, gravitated towards him. He was very insipid in a way as far as like, you know, not having a lot of flair, kind of being tasteless and a little bland. And if you like go back to some of his original interviews and things like that, you can kind of see that in him and he wasn't really gaining a lot of traction. And once again, like when he changed to kind of focusing more on a entertaining and mute actor and movie career, he shifted his personal brand just like he did in the beginning. So uh, another thing, too, is when you make your personal brand, it should be internal. You should personify it and have a bona fide image of yourself. But don't be afraid to let that evolve to better reach whatever target you're trying to go for yeah and then so the rocks shifts into movies and now he's doing he's one of the highest paid i think this year he was the highest paid actor behind uh daniel craig who does james bond um but he's has his hands in many different facets and it's his personal brand has obviously evolved from wrestler to actor producer writer somewhat of like a comedic actor as well yeah and uh but it's still there's still roots of his like his work ethic and his like his seriousness it still comes from that first personal brand it's just changed and like now you can still see some of those little tidbits like i read something the other day that he has his gym's called the iron paradise and now he's obviously successful enough to wherever he goes whatever movie set he's on he has them bring his iron paradise it's like a full-fledged gym in like a canopy tent to wherever he goes because now he can't go to a public gym without like people waiting outside or asking to take pictures or trying to outlift him or just trying to do like Kind of that Extra annoying stuff. celebrity, you know. I mean, it's probably not annoying, but at a certain time, you probably just want to work out and you have a very tight timeline to do that. Yeah, definitely. And I think something that you mentioned that I want to lament is that he still carries some of those, or I'm sure all of those pillars of like the principles of Dwayne Johnson with him that he created originally. Uh, and the fact of being he was a, a hugely grateful and like humble guy when it comes to, you know, his success and not afraid of work ethic at all. Um, things like that, that regardless of if he's wrestling, if he's promoting a sneaker, if he's acting, you can kind of see him exude those principles. Yeah. And that's kind of an example of a personal brand. And then I think when you take it down to a smaller scale, um, a lot of people think they have a personal brand, but they don't. And by that, I mean, like, at least in our generation and on like social media, everyone thinks like if you put the word entrepreneur in your bio or 
um, you say, you know, like, oh, I am going to start my business. That is, that's not your personal brand. Or if you, even if you have a business, it's not your personal brand. It's a step to making one. Um, but I don't think you, that's all eggs in one basket. And there's a lot more that go into like a personal brand. Like if you look at, I say Nike, for example, right. They just didn't start at like going around and say, Hey, I'm a, I'm a shoe company. They started like, I'm going to make shoes for elite athletes and then I'm going to help them perform. So there's like three different steps in that first step than just saying I am a company. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, Julian, I'm curious, if you were to take, let's say we plucked one of our listeners, one of our thousands of listeners right now, and you were to create a personal brand for them, where would you start? I think the first place I would start is, you know, where they want to be or what are some of their, who are some of their influences? And by that, I mean, like, who are people you look up to and what is their personal brand? So it's, I think it's very important to understand other people's personal brands before you understand your own, because you, it's really easy to say you want to be, I don't know, say you want to be a NASCAR driver. So you, a lot of people can look at a NASCAR driver as, um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. There you go. And be like, wow, he is the fastest on the track. I want to be him. But if you can't understand that what Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s personal brand is besides driving cars, it's going to be hard to decide what your personal brand is, if that makes sense. So it's kind of um, here before being heard type thing. And the fact that you want to see how people kind of create their own personal brands and almost utilize their tools that they used. Oh, not utilize their tools, but just be able to understand someone else's. So like being able to understand if you want to be an NASCAR driver, right? Usually the personal brand kind of aligns with your, your style, your lifestyle. But I think it's important to understand like, okay, I know why I picked NASCAR. This is making it really difficult, but Say Dale Earnhardt Jr., right? NASCAR driver. Maybe his personal brand is family, family values, like good times, working hard, um, you know, being a business man on the side, like negotiating other contracts. And there's like four or five things behind just driving that, you know, a NASCAR or a, a race car at that point um, that I think it's nice just to see what some people built their brands on and see if you resonate with those. Cause like, obviously you aren't going to copy someone else's personal brand, but you might have those family values of Dale Earnhardt Jr. But you have a similar work ethic to the rock or something like that. And you kind of shift your personal gram on this um, line to kind of start shaping your own or understanding your own. Gotcha. And so when somebody's doing that, how do they, like, how would you know what a good personal brand is and a bad personal brand is? Because I know you said that there's a lot of people that probably don't have the best personal brand. And so looking at people, how do you know, how do you distinguish between, you know, somebody who obviously doesn't know what they're doing, but thinks they do and actually has it going on? Um, I think that's a tough question because I think one person, one person's brand is another person. One person's bad brand is another person's grail, right? Like I don't really rock with hot topic, but to some people that is their, you know, their main, their main store, their go-to store. So I think it's kind of picking out the differences. Like, you know, I don't rock with that and I do rock with that, but most of the time I think if we're just going to be direct to the question, I think a failed personal brand to me is like, 
people who are always saying, you know, they're doing something or they're working on this or they're doing that. And there's no proof behind the punchline ever. Right. Like no one wants to just be like, yeah, man, I'm working on um, this. I don't know. You know, I'm working on starting a business. And, you know, they've been saying it for five or six years. And every time you ask them, they're like, oh, I'm I'm getting there. Like I'm working on it. Like. Maybe they are working on it, but it's hard for me to have your personal brand be on this like long, long term or long, I don't know what I'm saying, but long, long oriented goal or no proof to the goal, right? Like Nike doesn't, I'll go back to Nike. Nike doesn't say like, we're working on auto lacing shoes to help people with disabilities and then never follow it up or like, I mean, a bad personal brand, not to get political, but there are people in this country that run things that have a bad personal brand where maybe they're saying things and they aren't following it up or they're, I don't know, just doing kind of random acts that don't fit what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And just to play devil's advocate, uh, like you said, one personal brand could I could see as trash and another person could see it as wow that person's got it going on so have you ever like could that be a part of somebody's personal brand that they just never follow through with something yeah I think if you're honest about it like if your personal brand is like hey I like to I like to hang out I don't like to go or I don't I don't really like going out and doing things like I just like to play video games um you know I'm not I'm going to tell you, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be on time for this, but that's how you know, right? That, that person, that's personal brands that are a little like 10 to 15 minutes late, this, this, and that, or whatever it is. But people who are, you know, like, oh yeah, I'll be there five minutes early and then they're 30 minutes early. Your personal brand is lying. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so if I could distill that, it sounds like regardless of what your personal brand is, it's important that you're honest with yourself with your own personal brand and honest with everybody else because, you know, it's you can't fool everybody all the time. You can fool people once in a while, but you can't fool everyone. So that's why it's important to be honest with your personal brand and sometimes be honest with the parts of your personal brand that might not be as salacious as others. And the fact that maybe my personal brand is... You know, I am a hard worker and I enjoy having fun. And at the same time, I have a candy problem, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and like if that's my personal brand and, you know, I can't control myself in a candy store, then I'm going to own it. But, you know, be honest with yourself and try not to be the, you know, have the candy problem, but at the same time say I'm the paragon of healthy eating, uh, (laughs) except when I binge, you know, five pounds of candy in a sitting. Yeah. And I think it's, like you said, it's important to not build your personal, personal brand on crumbling pillars. And the way an example for me of this is like, everyone's first resume or their resume when people are writing, like I am an expert in Microsoft Office, Excel, Access, and all these things. And like most, some people are, but like as soon as you put that one thing in there, like maybe it's Access or like database or something, and you took a class and you took, got like a D minus in it or something. And then you get hired on at a job to do that and you can't pull through on that. That's a crumbling personal brand right there. And you're probably dropped real quick. Yeah. So for those of the people that are faking it, 
uh, in that large pool of the people that say they're good at X, Y, or Z, there are, hopefully there is a lot of people that are actually good at that. So how, how do they distinguish themselves from kind of the fakers, them being the authentic ones of, let's say, let's say that there's a million people out there that say that they are the best, like very, very competent at Microsoft Excel. And I say I am that too. But I know I'm a bona fide Excel guy. Yeah. And so let's say, how how would I distinguish myself? Would I show examples or would I just kind of like say something and then when somebody expects me to back it up, I back it up? Or I think know. it's, uh, I think that situation is A and B, right? I think you have uh, bona fide examples of, you know, advanced worksheets and, um, you know, equations and stuff in your example that show like, something related to that area say it is uh soft soft pop soft drink sales right and you make this database for this res or this uh interview that's bona fide and stuff that you would see and knowing more than just excel but knowing those equations that would help that company so maybe you're looking at like regrettable attrition i don't think that's related to um, so, but yeah. yeah, but stuff like that, just like these things, these metrics. And then you're all, you're also, if they're asking you questions or they are like, if this happened, you knew what was going on. And that's going to help you stand out from someone who says, I'm really great at Excel. Here's my bar graph. Right. Um, so that's, I think, and if you translate into just personal brands, like people can say all the time that they are the best photographer in X and Y, but like, if they don't have any, you know, product to show for it or they're taking phone like you're don't have any you know you're not adding anything to the conversation maybe you're a, not a great photographer but you're great at photoshop that's something to distinguish if distinguished from being a great photographer like you shouldn't be looping those two together if that makes sense yeah totally so and one thing i'm gonna backtrack a little bit one thing i really liked what you said is you don't want to build your personal brand and almost like let's think of the personal brand as the whole house you don't want to build that on crumbling a crumbling structure what you said was crumbling pillars so i think that another way of showing that is basically you you know you don't always have to be so for instance let's say your personal brand is humble and non-braggadocious and so you don't really want to be flashing around examples of how you're the strongest guy in, you know, a 50 mile radius. Uh, one thing that you could do is uh, the humble confidence thing as far as, you know, being almost, uh, you know, having a lot of humility, but at the same time showing small feats of, you know, your ability as well. You don't have to like go out there and be like, look how much I can you know, look how many calf raises I can do or something, <laughs> you know, I was just trying to make it silly, but you know, you don't have to go out there and totally try to show the world how big and bad you are because a lot of the times about 99% of the times there are bigger and badder out there. So, um, you know, you could always take that route as well. Yeah. And I think, um, kind of continue on that. It's, you may not necessarily need a personal brand, right? Like not everyone needs one, but I think it's important to have one just for you to understand who you are. Like I think that's the, the, I think that's the root of personal brand is understanding who you are. And I also think on that same note, your personal brand shouldn't really try to please others. Um, it should, you know, it should, you should be comfortable with your personal brand and then find places where your brand fits in. So, right. If you are a very quiet, 
um, antisocial artist, right? You don't want your personal brand to, you know, or you don't want to align your personal brand with the, an art community that is super outspoken, um, very loud, almost like a graffiti artist. Um, but maybe you want to be a graffiti artist, but in silence, right? It's finding that balance between what is your brand and what is like a clashing brand. I think you just described the niche of mime graffiti artists <laughs> with that right there. Yeah, I like to imagine there's a society of ninja graffiti artists, which just roam around the night one by one, which I bet that's 100% a thing. But aligning with them rather than aligning with the artist who's known for writing a profanity against a polit- political opponent on the side of the Empire State Building or something. And then like tweeting it. or Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so I guess we're kind of towards the end. We got a few minutes. Let's try to give them an outline of how you'd maybe look at one of our personal brands and how you would build your own personal brand if you are lost in the sauce. Okay. <laughs> very, very uh, apt to state like, stated. So I think that let's take your personal brand for example. So when you were creating Julian's personal brand, what were the pillars that you started with? So I think I didn't start creating a personal brand or understanding my personal brand probably until I was 16. Um, Just because in that time from birth to 16, there's so many different events and things you're trying out and testing. Not saying I'm not trying out and testing things now, but you're trying a whole bunch of different stuff, like whether it be a ton of sports or band or acting or something along those lines or traveling. You're trying out so many different things that you can't just like at the age of five you'd be really mature at five if you could just nail down like, you know what? I am a hardcore gamer who likes to eat. Or I'm a hardcore gamer who is, you know, social online, but not in public. And um, I'm not very much of a free thinker. I'm a rule follower and this and that. Like if you could do that at five, you're probably going something someplace, even if your personal brand isn't too crazy, right? Um, so at 16 is kind of when I started thinking about things I like, who I'm a per- who I am as a person and kind of what I stand for. Gotcha. So when you kind of had a little bit of experience with yourself, that's when you started kind of like the very compound blocks of your personal brand. What's next after you get the pillars? What are you putting onto your personal brand after that? So I think um, a little bit of backtrack on that. I think I had when I first thought of my personal brand, I had way too many pillars. Right? I was thinking I was. Um, a business oriented person. Um, I was thinking I was, um, great at all talents, like kind of overestimating yourself. I was thinking I was, um, a people person, but on on a different spectrum, I wasn't a people person. So I had clashing pillars. Um, I thought I was like, um, a, you know, a designer of shoes because I like shoes. Um, I thought I was humble, but like loud at the same time. And there's just a lot of clashing things. So I, for my second step after figuring them out was solidifying to like, you know, maybe five or six core aspects that I really do align with. Gotcha. So discerning from what you'd like to be or what you think you'd like to be uh, compared to what you actually are, just so that those pillars are concrete. And later on in your period, if you were to build on them, that they're rock solid and you can go back to them if you needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great example or a great point. It's like you can have a ton of pillars, but make sure those ones you you built are like Stonehenge and they're going to be around for a long time. Gotcha. And so 
when you create your solid pillars and you have you know them rock solid and everything what are the things that you add on to your personal brand next or is it just pillars do you just go with pillars or what i think it's i think i first i mean i'm still kind of figuring it out i have a better idea of it now than i did then but i think it's important understanding so it'll take like one of my pillars is um you know the ability to like think or create or not necessarily think of something innovative or think of something radical that's going to change but they able to think of just fresh ideas that i like and myself find interesting so maybe that fresh idea is um doing stand-up um so maybe that ability of being able to think on these fresh ideas and then i take from that maybe i start thinking of um expanding on that one pillar and combining it with another one. So maybe I have the ability to um, think or create these ideas. And on the other side, I really like to market or sell a product or tell a story, right? So I think of this fresh idea and then I think of how do I tell this story? And then that kind of puts in, you know, marketing, like I enjoy marketing. So on one pillar, those two pillars combined, I kind of enjoy marketing at that point, right? Gotcha. So if I can visualize this or illustrate it into everyone's heads, let's imagine that these two pillars are close to each other. And like you can do your own personal pillars too. think about your own two personal pillars. And, you know, if they are close to each other or even if they're not close to each other, imagine building something that interlinks them together so that now these two pillars kind of uh, almost share the weight or, you know, support this one thing that's on top of that that's connecting them and that's what i think marketing did for you is connect two pillars to each other yeah and i think it's once you have your core pillars those will always be your core but a lot of times i try like my example right there what i do is like i like to tell a story and i like to think of ideas and those go together but there's also on things that are like I like to tell a story and I like to be active, right? Those two don't really lock together. Like you can tell a story through being active, but they don't really hold their integrity as well as um, thinking and telling that story. So there's a lot of checks and balances when you start building on those pillars and it's figuring out what truly connects for you or what you really enjoy that is connected. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's kind of assessing what can work with which almost like, you know, you might have a, your favorite shirt and your favorite pair of jeans, but they might not be able to go together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, is that builds on and builds and you have these different connections. So maybe you get to the next level where I have marketing and then on my my next level. Right. I have um, like I'm not research, but like studying often or attracting knowledge or gaining knowledge maybe it down the line like i have two different three different layers now like layer one's your core pillars layer two is i'll say marketing the example layer three is gaining knowledge um those two then combine again so you have another web or interlocking between like i'm doing all the research as i can to make this pillar stronger like marketing um as time goes on gotcha so basically you're kind of also building on the connections to pillars too so you can build up i mean once you have your pillars you're kind of done building out but you can definitely build up and i think that's the build up and in yeah and i think that that's a great 
spot to say like our first example of the rock right he had his core pillars built up into you know he worked really hard he was an actor wrestling and i was like okay i'm gonna work really hard at acting and now i become an actual you know tv or film actor and then you also look at him he's like all right i understand the business of um, the wwe and movies like why don't i start my own and i've been in so many movies why don't i start my own um media company or production company a little higher up on his personal brand and that kind of interlocks and you kind of have this full-fledged based on those core pillars just building of your personal brand gotcha that makes total sense you know he started with you know his base and grew from that onto you know uh wwe then he grew to acting and then he used the tools that he learned from wwe and acting to you know create something bigger or different and i think that also accounts for you know one of his pillars i believe is his hard work and work ethic and you know you could see that through his physical fitness as well i think that's an embodiment of a personal pillar of his yeah and i think one of the last things i'll touch on is um this is going to be a little overboard but when i look at my personal brand and say we're using pillars right and you're imagining your head you have Say you have five, four to six pillars and you're imagining them all being the same size. Like if we look at the rock, like his hard work or his work ethic pillar might be the one that just kind of cascades through all levels, right? It's always there and it's always holding that foundation as maybe one of his first ones. Um, I don't know, maybe it's, uh, wrestling or, you know, something related to that, like is a little bit smaller and maybe his struggle pillar or what he's been through or his life experience pillar whatever you want to call that is, you know, three fourths the size of the hard work one. So all these, your base pillars aren't all the same. Like one influences your personal brand a lot more than others do, but they all work together to build um, you as a person or your brand. Yeah. I think that's a very strong closing statement. And if I could leave something in you guys' ears is, you know, don't always think, and I think we mentioned it a little bit previously, but don't always think that you need to have, you know, paragons or your utmost best to be a pillar. You know, you're more than it's, it might be even more unique and interesting if you had a personal pillar of maybe a vice of yours that you, you know, that you've worked on or something that just makes you a little bit more unique than, you know, the millions and armies of people that have the personal pillars of, you know, hard work, humility and family. You know, so like, you know, mix it up. Don't be afraid to truly embody you. Yeah, exactly. Um, like we said earlier, your personal brand isn't to please anyone. It's for you. Be comfortable with your brand. Be you know, like people aren't really going to ask you too much. They might in an interview, but just understand for yourself. It's going to help you get a little bit further in life and it'll be a little bit happier and know what you stand for once you've established this personal brand. And once again, it's always changing. It's always building. So just be aware of, you know, who you are and what you do. Yeah, I really like this episode, Julian, and I think this is a great time to bow out and wish everybody a happy Mother's Day or a happy day in general, regardless of what time or day you're listening to this to. Yeah, have a good one.